podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. It is great to have you with us. I wonder if I ask you a question right now. Have you ever done a car boot sale? Now, now, if you haven't done a car boot sale, have you ever tried to sell something on eBay? There's another one now that I've only just discovered. It's been out for many years, but I'm slow to the party. It's Facebook Marketplace. Didn't know that existed. Um, Whether you've ever sold anything or not, or maybe you've just walked around a car boot, you've seen the hustle and the bustle, there are so many different options. And all of the idea is, for all of those things, is to make a little bit of change out of something that you are done with. Something that you no longer perhaps need, you've maybe grown out of, Um, Whatever it might be, there are a few items of clothing that I appear to have grown out of, which is disappointing. Um, But but maybe, maybe um, the idea is to just raise some funds, perhaps even for a a break somewhere, a little bit of a holiday, try and get some sunshine. Maybe just a little treat. What can be amazing though, that I've noticed about all of these things, particularly at a car boot, because you get to see it in the flesh, so to speak, that people will buy the oddest things. The things that you deem are completely and utterly useless, that nobody could ever want, that somebody has been looking for just that thing. It is, I must confess, usually Charlie. That is the truth. But, but nevertheless, people, people will buy something that you have completely and utterly done with. And I'm often quite amazed at what people will buy. Now, why am I telling you this? Why have I asked you that question? Well, it's a case of just try and see. So many times, Lol and I have this conversation about nobody's going to buy that. I like a car boot. I have no shame at all. Love it. They're the best. And Lol's like, nobody's going to buy that. I'm like, it is a challenge. I will sell it. I will sell that thing, I will not bring it home. And when you go off to the loo or to buy something, I will pretend somebody bought it. (laughs) Of course, I'd never do such a thing. But it's a case really of just try and see. Sometimes we have little or no expectation. But this, I've noticed, is often when we can reap the greatest reward. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, which is our passage that we're going to have a look at today, we're going to to read an account of a a desperate widow. Her husband has died and he's left her in a bit of a mess financially. And he's left her and two sons in some real difficulty. And the bailiffs are knocking on the door. And they're knocking on the door quite hard. And this woman is in a pickle. She's in a mess. And she has really, in reality, has no hope of reprieve. And she has what can only be described as little to no expectation. 
of anything good coming out of the situation. And when you read the account as we're going to do, you'll see what I mean. She has little to no expectation that anything good can come out of this account. So let's just have a read and then we'll pray. So 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 through 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Elisha, by the way. You'll recognise similarities between this account and one from Elijah. And that's by uh, no mistake at all. So, uh, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Let's close in prayer. That'd be desperate, wouldn't it? How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And now the resemblance is starting to ring. You remember the account from the widow at Zarephath. Elisha said, go round and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Listen to this. Don't ask for just a few. Go and ask your neighbours for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour out, uh, it, pour oil into all the jars. As each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. Uh, uh, they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. The oil, then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, that's Elisha, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just again want to thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would just speak into our hearts, that you would just open it up for us, that we would see something more of your wonder and your beauty today. We just thank you again for this opportunity and we ask, Lord, that you would bless us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. It's a, a quite incredible account, this. Elisha, well, he's just going about his day-to-day and the widow comes to him in absolute desperation. And his reply in verse 2, as I, as I read that, if we just stopped it there, it's desperate, isn't it? How can I help you? How can I possibly do anything for you? Now, Elisha is a prophet. He is the successor of Elijah. And if you read the account where the handover happens, Elisha will not leave Elijah's side. He refuses to leave his side until Elijah says, mate, you're going to have to leave me because the Lord is taking me up to heaven. And he's like, well, I tell you what, I will only go if I get a double portion of what you have. And Elijah's like, well, you ask a lot. (laughs) You ask a lot. He said, that's what I'm after. And Elijah says to him, right, okay, so if you see the Lord take me, 
then God has granted you what you've asked. If you see that moment, and indeed he does see the chariots and he sees the fire and he sees the whirlwind and he's like, yes. The first thing he does is wrap up Elijah's cloak, which has been left, and he strikes the water and the waters part. And he crosses over on dry ground, an account that we've, uh, or a, a similarity to account we've had a look at over the past few weeks. So he asked for it, and the Lord delivered. He asked for it, he didn't have to ask for a little, he asked for a lot, and the Lord delivered on just that. So he says, how, she says, um, can you help me? He says, how can I possibly help you? The reality is, though, church, Double blessing or not for Elisha and his ministry, he could not help her one bit. He couldn't help her. He had a mission to do that God had set him on a path. So he had to go and do it. He couldn't stop everything and go and earn her some money so that she could pay the debt off. He couldn't stop what he was doing. He had a mission to do. He couldn't possibly help her. But he knew one who could. He knew one who could help her. So he asks the woman, what have you got in your house? There's got to be something that even you will sell at the car boot. There's got to be something. Have you thought about eBay? Have you heard of Facebook Marketplace? What is in your house? And listen to how low her expectations are. They are completely and utterly rock bottom. As we see in verse two, I've got nothing. I have got nothing there at all, except a small jar of olive oil. I've got nothing <coughs> except a small jar of olive oil. And I want to ask us today whether you're the same as me. Aren't we really good at looking at what we don't have rather than looking at what we do have? So often we look around us and think, oh, well, I don't have that. I don't have that. I'll never be able to get that. So many things I don't have. Rather than looking at what we do have, what a, what a difference in mindset, what a change in the outcome for tomorrow when I realise what I do have. I'm not looking at what I don't have, I'm looking at what God has given me, things that I do have, the breath in my lungs, the smile that I'm able to project onto my face. Joy in my heart because I know that I'm saved, redeemed, set free because of what Christ has done for me on the cross. Things that can't be taken from me. These are things that I do have. We have a joy, don't we? We have a hope that's steadfast and sure. But so often we look at what we do not have. And I think it's a real challenge to us here as we look at this account. She's looking at what she doesn't have. And if you get chance later on, have a read of Psalm chapter 8. It just enables you to look up. Psalm chapter 8, it's beautiful. 
Elisha is like, right, okay, so rather than looking at what you don't have, you told me that you've got a small jar of oil. This is what you're going to do. He's thinking, right, we're going to make this happen. He says in verse 3, go and get jars off everyone. You're, uh, you're not in a great place, right? So let me just... Let me just make this really clear. He says, go round, verse 3, and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. How do we know that the woman's not in a great place? Listen to what he says straight after. Don't ask for just a few. <laughs> I want all your jars, every jar that you've got, every single vessel that you have got in your house, I need it. So give me your jars. So she does just that and he says then shut the door and start pouring pour your nothing into something pour your nothing into something pour what you do not have into something that you never thought you were going to possibly be able to do or have pour your nothing into something and she gets into this rhythm the door's shut the lads are there with her she's like get me another jar get me another jar next one next one next one this small jar of olive oil is now turning into one after another after another after another next jar until eventually she goes, next jar, get me another. There are no more jars. We've run out of neighbours. They've run out of jars. There are no more vessels. I mean, if I had a shoe instead of a sandal, you have to be with me on that, all right? You know, it's like if I lay the joke out there, you've got to work with it. But never mind, we'll move on. I'll take it personally, don't worry. But this here, this moment, is a Hebrews 11 verse 1 moment. Now, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. But your expectations have got to be a little bit higher than nothing. You've got to be looking at what you do have, not what you don't have. Else Hebrews 11 verse 1 seems like something that you'll never, ever, ever be able to achieve. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. It's certainty of what we don't see. God, you're in control. I know you're in control. One day, I'm going to see my saviour face to face. You know, if we get up on a Monday morning like that, what a difference to the week. What a difference. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. God can, God will. We have to trust and step. You know, church, I honestly believe that if this woman had only got one job, then she would have only had one jar of oil. You know, if she pushed the boat out and managed to get a whole three, then the oil would have stopped flowing at three. But Elisha was really clear to her. He said, don't just get a few. Get as many as you can. And she got as many jars as she could. And then what I find amazing about this account is she gets to a point where all the jars are full She's got so much oil, and she still doesn't know what to do. She still does not know what to do. So she goes and finds the man of God. She went and told the man of God, and he said, right, okay. You know, like that lengthy pause. Go, sell the oil, pay your debts, you and your sons can live 
on what is left. You're still looking at what you don't have. Look at what you do have. Look at what you do have. She's limited by her fear. She is frozen because of fear. She's unable to move, unable to see because she's so worried about what she doesn't have. She's a widow. She doesn't have a husband. She, she can't see past that. And Elisha's saying, look, God has provided for you on every single level. Look at what you do have. And it doesn't matter what situation or circumstance we find ourselves in church. This is relevant to every single day of our lives. We have to look at what we do have. God is able to meet that need. It can happen, but we have to focus on what we do have instead of what we don't have. Let me just make this really clear, because you may have missed it, but I'm pretty certain that Elisha and God didn't, okay? You ready for this? Woman, you have a house. Did you miss that? She has a house, she has two sons, and she now has enough oil to provide, to clear the debt and to provide for them moving forward. God has met every single need. And often, church, we can think, well, you know, why didn't he just say, well, sell the house? No, you see, God is providing at every need. He knew full well that she needed a roof over her head. Why? <coughs> well, because he knows her. Why? Because he loves her. Why? Because he knows every single hair that's on her head. He cares about every single breath that she takes. The word tells us that God knows that every sparrow falls to the ground. How much more does he care about you? How much more does he care about you? And when we read it, we can sometimes miss it. We can sometimes just go over it and not understand. Look at what you do have and trust that God will do the rest. You know, he's rescued us when we had absolutely nothing. He gave us the opportunity at life through the Lord Jesus Christ, who dealt with our sin on that cross. The similarities here is our debt, as massive as it was, unable for us to be able to clear. There was no possible way for us to clear the debt. Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has wiped the slate clean. Our debt of sin has been paid for at the cross. And we can look at things in two ways. We can think, I'm lost and I have no hope. Or we can look and say, there's an empty cross. I have a saviour who loves me and he has paid the price. And we can put our faith and our trust in him today. We can accept him as our saviour. And the Bible tells us that our slate will be wiped clean. The debt of sin will be paid in full. Let's look at what we do have. 
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.